0: Here we go. We're back. What's going on? Another Femi and Ferrari. It's going to be a fast one. Yeah. We were, we
1: were MIA last week, and I think it's important well, to, to tell our five listeners
0: why. Well, well, MIA stands with uh, Miami, and that's where the Seahawks were.
1: Yeah. So,
0: uh, we, we figured we didn't need to be here because we, knew, we all knew the Seahawks were going to beat the Dolphins, so we figured we'd get everybody a break. Right. Uh so uh
1: so we we both agreed on that like going down there mm-hmm. with as bad as they were. So I I think we just take that as wins Is in that, our in our, oh, in I mean, our predictions.
0: Yeah, I, I was not going to pick the dolphins. I can't speak for you. I, it sounds like you would not have either but nope. uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, tra- we'll talk that up as wins. I not, think you're two and, two and two on the season. And yep. You're a 4-0 oh like the Hawks.
1: Yes, yes I am.
0: Yes I am. <laughs>
1: um but I I think it's important to to let everybody know one of the reasons why last week is you sometimes things happen and you know, it, we're, we're, uh, we're distanced. You, you are in the remote studio. Yes. I, am, I am at the station. It's kind of whoever's anchoring is kind of in in this, in the station, so to speak. And uh, you were, you were busy working on some uh, legit Las Vegas stuff about the Seattle storm. And you put together a pretty cool piece with an odds guy and we were ready to roll it on Thursday night. And you know, then, that, that nasty coronavirus kind of crept into the equation, uh, yeah. not, not for you or me, but for uh, Donald, the commander in chief, Donald Trump. <laughs> and so what often happens in TV land, we uh, we work real hard on sportscast and we've, you know, Femi, we know this too well. We're ready to roll and uh, we need to ax a lot of your time because well, of this. So
0: it's, it's two words, really. And it's <laughs> abort mission. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens uh obviously some crazy things yep. coming out since last thursday happened and i mean every day is a crazy day in 2020 since march yes so yeah i guess it only kind of uh fits the trend that we've got going on here uh, yeah, the last yeah. eight, eight months or so
1: <laughs> yeah so at least we got the the normalcy of the empty sports stadiums uh with teams still playing games to keep us busy though so that's that's a good thing
0: we do and and how about I figured we could start this off. Obviously there's a lot to touch on. I have oh, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of thoughts on the Seahawks game, some NFL news that's kind of broken the last 10 15 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of thoughts on that, but I mean how do we not start with our WNBA champion Seattle Storm? I mean a just an absolute just tour de force that they put on in the playoffs, 6 and 0 in the playoffs to go along with a record of 24 and four throughout the entire bubble and i don't want to say they made it look easy because they obviously said that this was a hard title to win sure a lot that they were managing on and off the court whether it be the social justice messages they wanted to get across battling COVID 19 being in the bubble down in bradenton florida but i mean they did as well a job as you could have done and hats off to the storm here as we get this conversation going
1: yeah, you had Brianna Stewart, six straight finals games with 20 or more points. Only player to ever do that, 20 more points in each of those games. Uh, and they just have that magic combination of depth, younger players, veteran players, and, and it all worked out. And, uh, you know, I, I think we, we all know the storylines of, of Sue being here for every title. Uh, she's phenomenal. Uh, she is going to go down as one of the greatest Seattle sports athletes of all time. And I think people love when athletes spend their whole career with one team. And I think she's going to end up doing that. Uh, She's on the year to year plan though. Uh, But I think she'll come (laughs) back next year for sure. They can win another title. She'll also mix hopefully an Olympic uh, run in there as well. Um, And Brianna Stewart, to me, one of my favorite people, Um, I, I, you know, this crazy time with COVID and stuff, we've had time to do zoom calls and get to know people. And uh, still one of my more enjoyable uh interviews was with, with Brianna and she, and you know, she's engaging and she's funny and raw yeah. and organic and everything. I, I love to see about uh just honest, you know, people like, you know, living the best life <laughs> in the moments and her coming in for the celebration with the goggles and champagne was classic. I'll never forget seeing that. <laughs> um That was really funny, but I mean, Gary Kloppenberg, I mean, the guy missed his daughter's wedding to be in the bubble and then win a yeah. title, and he filled in for Dan Hughes, not even his, his gig, so to speak. Uh, you know, the guy's got a long history. If you ever get a chance, go back and look at what he's done. He's worked in the NBA, the WNBA. Uh, just a cool guy. So across the board, pre- pretty cool deal.
0: It, and it was awesome. And I, I just keep going back to especially with Gary Kloppenberg. Mm-hmm. And it was before the season started, and we had, like, the media day that just where they brought everybody in, every single player we spoke with, and then the head coach at the end. And and Klopp was really just like, you know what? My job isn't difficult. I just, I got the keys to the Ferrari, essentially, mm-hmm. and I'm being told, just don't crash it. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm sure the job, I mean, he probably downplayed what his role was in this championship. And Dan Hughes being at home with COVID concerns, he obviously not going to the bubble, but the two of them collaborated virtually, which is kind of the theme right. of 2020, And, you know, having that ability to adapt to the circumstances, I think, really helped this team. And it really was a steadying force because a lot of teams, if you just say, hey, your coach isn't going to be with you at the start of the season, it could throw a wrench into all sorts of plans, players, especially with a team that was trying to reintegrate Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird back into the starting lineup after they missed all of 2019. I thought they just did a flawless job and be able to kind of steadying that ship and then just saying all right instead of this causing issues of who's playing what minutes and which roles are being diminished to to kind of make room for Stewie and Sue that everyone just kind of worked together in a in a collaborative effort and it really just showed up in the standings obviously they got off to an excellent start had a little bit of a trip up Sue was kind of in and out of the lineup mm-hmm. there with the the bone bruise but uh especially once they got healthy and were ready for the playoffs it just it, it all came and it was the the coronation of what's been an awesome season for them, a short season, but an awesome one as they uh, took home the title.
1: Yeah. And I think they knew they were in once, once the way that, you know, they had gone through all the teams in the bubble. And then uh, when Sue got hurt, they could kind of manage her injury and her minutes and her time and the game she played Uh, get to the playoffs. It's a different thing. And she did great in the playoffs, but I mean, she said she felt great up to that point. Um, And anytime. And one one thing that gets me, and I, I want to ask her at some point here, is she doesn't wear knee pads or any type of
0: no covering, brace or, no yeah.
1: brace. And you would think that when she gets hit knee to knee or, you know, I mean, that's just part of basketball, right? Um, I mean, remember Allen Iverson, he was, he looked like a mummy by the end of his career, you know? Yeah. I mean, he had the stuff on the arms, the legs, everywhere. So it's it's a really physical sport, I think, more than people realize. So um, it, it, it was really cool. And they're going to have their celebration Friday, a virtual celebration that blows me out for them. Uh, But they'll make the best of it, and I know uh, Brianna Stewart, uh, Mercedes Russell, and um, Jewel Lloyd are going to raise the storm flag on the space needle before it. So that's pretty cool.
0: I mean, just talking about like how dominant they were this season. uh, They were a fun team to watch. I mean, we talked about it on many podcast yeah. episodes all throughout the summers. And like we whenever we brought up the storm, it was like, you know what? This is not genius analysis, but they're really, 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 really good. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And like you when you just watch the team, it was just so cohesive. It was just it was like there were like a symphony out there. You know, everyone knew their role. And it was a modern style of basketball, getting up and down the floor, mm-hmm. shooting a lot of three pointers, sharing the basketball. And that's what they did all throughout. The, they did it all throughout the season. And when I mean, you talk about a team that had their average winning margin was 11 and a half games th- in the regular season. I believe they only had one single-digit game when it came to the playoffs. Like, this team absolutely blew through the WNBA this season. And, I mean, it's a bummer that Vegas was down. Liz Cambage, she was out. Yeah. And then Sue Bird was uh, – or not – I'm sorry, Sue Bird. Kelsey Plum she was uh, hurt, so she didn't go to the, the WNBA bubble. And they also lost one of their uh, bench players right before the playoffs. So it was kind of a bummer that it was a, a kind of a banged-up Aces squad that they faced. But, I mean, they still had the MVP in Asia Wilson, mm-hmm. who's a heck of a basketball player. So it, it was no easy task. But, I mean, I think next year when we see these two teams kind of healthy and all-system go – Uh, it'll certainly be a fun rivalry that we have here budding between the Storm and the Aces. But so far, round one definitely goes to the Storm as now they've won two championships out of three years. And, Mike, we got to start talking about a dynasty here with the Storm organization, a fourth title, only the third team in WNBA history to win four championships. And uh, they have to be the favorite going into the next season when you look at the landscape.
1: Yeah, Brianna Stewart coming back for what is really just pretty much the beginning of her career. And Jewel Lloyd, I mean, they they had some down years uh, prior to Jewel Lloyd, and then Brianna being drafted, but that's allowed them to be what they're going to be now for the next few years. So keep those players, have your core, and they they find the good combination of what they know they need to build around those players, and they'll be good for a long time to come. That's for sure.
0: Where do you? Because you've worked in this market for for quite some time. I've I've lived in the market right. for, for much of my life, but. Where do you think that this Storm team kind of ranks in the pantheon of Seattle sports teams? Wow. You know oh, I mean? Boy. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's always hard to, like, kind of – because you don't want to be prisoner of the moment because whenever so you're experiencing something, it feels like it's the best or the greatest ever. But it's hard to find a more impressive season given the circumstances and what they had to go through and the way that they just dominated – Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, the 2013 Seahawks come to mind since they were dominant through their uh, run to the winning the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. The Sounders have had a handful of uh, of championship teams here with the MLS Cup, and like for the Mariners, the the 116 team. But I don't think they're on this level. But maybe UW football, they're obviously like with the 91 national title team. They've had some 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 great teams and stuff. Um, Like rowing has had some great teams. But if we just keep it on a professional landscape. I mean this storm team it it, it, it it might be the best that we've ever seen in Seattle, yeah,
1: the most dominant in the in the landscape of their competition, yeah, I mean what what they did and and I do think it was hard because of the way the the wobble was and playing almost every other day um and that that's a grind, and plus I think was it um they went in on July sixth it was ninety seven days, so i yeah. mean i I don't know if twenty years from now people are going to realize really the uh, everything that went into that, you know when they look at just how dominant this team was uh there, there that was it 's funny you said the one sixteen team to me with the Mariners because that was a team where you knew every night you went to the ballpark they were probably going to end up winning and uh, and and yeah. the one reason why they don 't kind of rank totally up there is because they you know then of course there was nine eleven and that kind of interrupted things um, and it just uh it, it, it didn't deliver in the postseason like these women did for the storm, you know, and they carried it all the way through. So I I, yeah. I would say probably that that Seahawks team, the Super Bowl forty eight team, would probably be you know very comparable. I mean, when you look at all the the landscape of, of their respective sports, um, you just knew something was special with that Seahawks team. Uh, I mean, you watched them, you just knew. I mean, there was something oh, yeah. about them that defense, the way they did stuff, um. And, and there was sp- something special about the storm. I think we, you know, you or I would put games on. And it was a rarity if we were talking about a win, you know? Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're right up there. Top five. I, I mean, I really would have to sit down, uh, you know, as far as like excitement, uh, you know, that 95 Mariners team, you, you, I mean, way back when you had the 79 Sonics, right. They won a the championship. Yeah. I mean uh, the, the Sounders teams, um, you know, the, we, we we can go on all different levels. We never want to, you know, piss anybody off. but I mean, the, the Seattle Seawolves in their inaugural season just dominated <laughs> and won a championship. I mean, there's there's so many. But when it's just – when you're talking about these big teams that are in front of your face, um, you know, they, they were pretty dominant. And, and like you said, there's, there's more of this team to come.
0: And I think it's the parallel – I mean, I'm not even sure if there's a parallel, but it's just kind of interesting to see the 2013 Seahawks – with this 2020 Storm team, because the 2013 Seahawks, as far as I'm concerned, they were birthed the year before, and mm-hmm. everybody remembers that that December and then that playoff run that they had that fell short in Atlanta, yep. and like Russell Wilson always saying, that, hey, I wanted to get right back to training immediately after losing that game, because I felt we had something special and that we could have maybe made a run that year and was so excited for that next year to come, and then they add Bennett and Averill and all that stuff, and then they end up making – a run to the Super Bowl. And like this year, Storm team almost felt like last year they weren't able to properly defend the 2018 championship. Mm-hmm. But against all odds, without your MVP, without Sue Bird, the, one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player in WNBA history, without those two, they make it to the playoffs. They win a playoff game. They end up getting knocked out by LA. But the fact that they did the unthinkable, nobody saw them as a playoff team. Right. A year ago, once they found out that Bird and Stewart were going to miss the entire year. But the fact that they were able to still pull that off and win a playoff game, it was like, whoa, that's really impressive. And Jewel Lloyd, Jordan Canada, they all stepped up. Natasha Howard became a defensive force, winning defensive player of the year last year. So you saw these pieces like, wow, okay, this is more than just Stewie and Bird. This is a real team. And once they get those two back, this is going to be really special and the Vegas odds had them as the favorite since early on in the season, they saw it. And I think it really came to fruition and just how special this team was. And it's like I said, it's always hard when you're kind of reintegrating players back into the fold and stuff, but this team did a flawless job. And uh, it's the tip of the cap to everybody in the organization for what was just a, Tumultuous season, but one that will definitely be remembered uh, for the rest yeah, of
1: the Yeah, definitely a fun, a, a fun team to watch. But uh, speaking of which, the Seahawks have a chance to go 5-0 and this week for the first time in franchise yeah. history. And uh, uh, we have crazy. enjoyed Sundays. That's for sure. It's been fun watching them. Um, kind of the, the opposite of that Super Bowl 48 team and that the offense is what is really clicking and the defense is kind of finding their way.
0: Yeah, and, and KJ Wright talked about that after Sunday's win over the Dolphins, and it was like, it's it's really flipped. Like 2013, it was like we were balling on defense and stuff, and like we were shutting teams down. Through the first month of the season, they were only giving up 11 and a half points per game, um, in that 2013 season. It's a lot different now. <laughs> they're giving up some yards, and they're definitely giving up some points. But this go around, though, they're averaging 35 and a half points per game I and mean, then that's five touchdowns that you're averaging per that's game that's nuts that you go out there it's crazy yeah. russell was 16 and, and
1: passes 16 td passes
0: 16 touchdown passes russell wilson uh probably the front runner right now to win the mvp after a month i hate doing the one month quarter season <laughs> awards but i mean if they were if it was given out right it'd probably go to russell wilson but they're just they're clicking on all cylinders on offense and Sunday's game was a little sloppy, but that was to be expected. That's kind of a trap spot going down to oh, Miami. Yeah. Uh, in, in between, I mean, they had the Cowboy game, which was a nationally televised big late afternoon Fox game. And now they have this Sunday, Sunday night football against the Vikings. So two kind of bigger games. than I against a lowly Dolphins team sandwiched in between. That's definitely a tricky spot. Going to South Florida where it's always humid and muggy and it feels like you're running in mud. But uh, for them to be able to get out of there with a pretty convincing win, I think says a lot about that team. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of people expected it to be kind of a trap spot, but they went down there took care of business. And, you know, it's – if you're off game but still scoring 31 points on offense, uh, I I think it says it already. Yeah,
1: and, you know, Pete Mm -hmm. even commented on how hot it was down there. And, you know, having been someone that lived in the South and then moved back to the Northwest and have gone back to the South to visit, it's like your body becomes conditioned. I think Shaquille was even talking about that, um, how he just kind of had to kick in his, his Florida, um, uh, <laughs> whatever it was, jeans or something, because you <clears> know it, it's, a, it's a different deal. And I thought it was brilliant how they actually rotated the offensive linemen in. Uh, I've never really seen them do that before, regardless of the conditions. Um, just to keep guys fresh. And and that might be something, I mean, they have a lot of able-bodied, decent offensive linemen. They might do that throughout the season. I mean, they rotate their defensive line and it's, it's odd to see an offensive line rotating, but they did it with success. I mean, it, it's not like anybody went in and had false starts. I mean, they had a game with no penalties. I mean when's the last time that happened for a Pete Carroll team? I mean, he was miffed like <laughs> how, what, how did that happen? So, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it can be done. So it's just it's interesting. This week's a, a whole other challenge. Uh, being at home, at, the Vikings aren't aren't a bad team. You know, um, they have a lot of a lot of weapons. Dalvin Cook is good, but fortunately for the Seahawks, they've been good defending the run.
0: Yeah, I I think that's kind of the key right there. Is that I think they're third in the NFL in defending the run, um, and if they can just force the Vikings to be kind of a one-dimensional team. And I mean, we all know it. The Seahawks. Their games, the other team's gonna put up points. They're gonna they're gonna move the ball. That's I think people just have to kind of come to grips with that. Until we see otherwise, just know that the offense is likely gonna need to score thirty something points to win the game. That's just kind of where it is. I mean, and the good thing is that you have a quarterback who's more than capable. You know, like like they have. I don't think they played a super clean game on offense at all this season, and they're almost putting up forty. So imagine if they have one of those games where they're able to just kind of have everything click and it's clean and it's efficient, and you might have a 45-point game from the Seahawks' office. I mean, the sky is the limit, especially with the way that teams are defending them and just the rules and the way the officials are calling games. It's very difficult to play defense in 2020. We've seen that across the board. Yes. Scoring is up. It's a record, mar- uh, record scoring that we had in the first month of the season, and the Seahawks making this switch to, quote, let Russ cook this year. <laughs> was the year to do it because now they have the best quarterback or one of the two best quarterbacks in the game. And he is at the peak of his powers and is just kind of like the maestro back there, just hitting the right chord each time. And I I think it's really advantageous to have him on the team when you need a lot of points, because we know that Russell – if he needs to score 52, he might score 53, Right, you know, like that's just kind of the, the type of player he is, whatever it takes to get it done. His motto is find a way. And they found a way indeed as they're four and O to start this season, and a really good chance. They're a touchdown favorite against the Vikings this Sunday to go five and oh And then you're looking at five and O after the buy and after that, it's time for the stretch run of a, of a pretty grueling 11 games. If they get
1: out of Arizona. Okay. in the 25th, um, that's good. That, that has been just a, a little shop of horrors, basically, for that team and injuries. Um, and yeah. so... May,
0: yeah, that place is just, they don't, they don't like yeah, that. Yeah, but
1: person. I mean, the one thing that's nice is, <laughs> at least it'll be after the bye week. There's not, I mean, because the, the one Thursday night game that ended Cam Chancellor's career, that was Richard Sherman's last game in a Seahawks uniform, that was a Thursday night game. And there were those injuries, and everybody talks about the recovery process and how tough it is. So at least they'll go there fresh, so to speak. And maybe they'll have Jamal Adams back for that. We'll see. Um, but I, I got to ask you, they, uh, they, they hosted Snacks Harrison, and they didn't let him get, get on a plane to go visit the Bears or Packers, and he stayed. And,
0: uh, it's exactly what you were saying? That's a big saying? man.
1: <laughs> he is it's a big, very big I don't know if he plays this week, though. He hasn't practiced in a year, Pete said.
0: You know, it's Pete mentioned it yesterday saying that he wanted to see what he looked like on the field, wanted to see him run around before determining whether he'll play or not. I'm sure we'll find that out tomorrow for the Friday press conference, which will be Pete's last press conference before the game on Sunday night. So my guess is that he probably won't play just because you have the bye week that's coming up and, you know, you just just don't want to. You don't want to overdo it and, and ramp a guy up too fast. They, they seem like they have a pretty good strategy with in terms of the proper ramp up. And there was no training camp for some guys. And, I mean, Snacks Harrison hasn't played since last season. So it, it's something that I think they really want to just kind of take it easy with him. And then maybe we'll see him October 25th, that week seven game against the Cardinals. But I don't see the need. I mean, obviously you would love right. to have him going up against a really good running team. Dalvin Cook has been going. I think last week he went for 140. The week prior he went for about 180 against mm-hmm. the Titans. Like he can really run the ball. He's one of the premier backs in the NFL. But I mean, I I feel like you want to err on the side of caution here with snacks and just because they, they haven't had him around their facility, they don't know what kind of shape he's in. They're all figuring all that info out this week um, on the yeah. practice field. So I I would guess no. But I mean, they they are down some guys. You mentioned Jamal Adams. Quentin Dunbar is probably 50 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, waiting for the injury report to come out here this evening, but he didn't practice yesterday. I think he just went through a walk through, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a banged up defense. But like I said, it's going to be points is what gets it. Yeah,
1: if you get Sunday through this night. game, win this one, not have those guys play, you, you give them the the bye week to really recover, and and then hopefully you get back to you know full strength or at least close to full strength on the 25th. But it's interesting talking about having Snacks Harrison just kind of get back into shape. You know, take in a week, get that bye week, keep more used to things, then then not play until the twenty fifth. Because remember the, the the Niners, I don't know if people know, but the Niners signed the often injured Ziggy Ansah. He signed, yeah. he tears a bicep, he's done for the year. <laughs> so Ziggy Ziggy Ansah, rough the guy, Niners man. <laughs> lasted what a week, not even can't catch a yeah. Can't so catch a that's break. maybe a good good example of you know guys really need to get get with it and get physically you know um set gotta get the body ready ready. yeah before you start throwing them out there
0: yeah and this sunday's game is so critical just and i don't i hope people aren't overlooking it because like you mentioned the vikings are a capable team and their record might say that they're not but if you look at the way that they've really played especially on offense over the last two games i mean they should have beaten i watched a lot of the game against tennessee they should have beaten the titans that, so they, they should really be 2-2 mm-hmm. and two if you look at it here. And they've had a rough game against Green Bay, the Indianapolis game. I think that's a burn-the-tape type of performance. It was really bad. But since that really bad performance week two, they've played really well on offense. So just be careful with this 1-3 and three Vikings right. team and know that they probably see this as a chance to really jumpstart their season. Last week was all about survival. This week is about, if they can get a win over the Seahawks, imagine what that does for their confidence and their prospects of the season. Of, wow, we just won a game we had no expectation of winning. Boom, let's go off and running here. So just be careful about that Vikings team. It's kind of a, it, it's a, one of those games that everyone's just overlooking and chalking up as a win. But in the NFL, we know that when, when everyone thinks one thing is going to happen, usually the other thing happens because this league, gets it's very random. It's an oblong ball, and that ball bounces all sorts of ways, and it never bounces the way you think it will. So just be careful with this game come yep. Sunday uh, against this Vikings team. And it's it, if you get the win, it's it's awesome that you have the bye week because it sets up for a huge, massive four games that you will have on the other end of the bye with at Arizona, home for San Francisco, at Buffalo, and right. at the Rams. Like that is that's the stretch of the that's season. That's right a tough there. one. Yeah. That determines how far. It'll determine how far this team can go. I believe so. Just, just be careful though. Don't overlook this yeah. Vikings team. Is what I'll tell and you. you,
1: you mentioned know. the the Colts and the Packers, and the, the Packers look awfully good, and and it, and really it seems like uh, Rodgers is, is really clicking with, with his with his coach. I heard uh, Kevin Harlan talking about it yesterday, where. It almost seems like those two can, you know, complete each other's sentences if they're if they're talking, give, giving an interview, like they're on the <laughs> same page. I I, I actually am a Aaron Rodgers fan. I kind of just kind of, I like I just like his attitude about things. You know, he doesn't let too much bother him. And he just kind of you know, take what you can get. And you, I am what I am. Um, but I loved when he was looking down at his hand the other night, <laughs> counting the touchdown <laughs> passes. That was that was pretty funny. I mean, they could be in an collision course. Yeah, no, you, I, you could have the Packers, Seahawks in the NFC Championship. I mean,
0: right, right now it's. I mean, I think you can throw the Bucks in there a little bit as well. We'll see them tonight against the Chicago Bears. But I mean, you're looking at the Seahawks, the Packers, and the Bucks, who look like the three best teams in the NFC. And the, you know, you got the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers going head to head type of who's gonna win MVP. You know, like and Rodgers. Speaking of MVP, he looks as good as he's looked since his MVP year. Of 2014, so it, it's it's going to look like a, an interesting, uh very interesting kind of collision course that we might have with Seahawks and Packers come January. But a lot of ball games oh, yeah. left to be played yeah, in quarter, right at the quarter. Right, the quarter pole. Lot, a lot of ball game left. <laughs> we're we're at the quarter pole here. You know, you don't want to get too too in front of ourselves. We want to just kind of try to take it one week at a right. time. as they like you say. can't
1: take it two weeks <laughs> at a time? Though though we do. You can't. Right? They can't.
0: You can't yeah you don't want to trip yourself up but speaking of that mike i mean it's almost about prediction time here for the seahawks vikings game what do you think happens uh night? you know what
1: i I, for whatever reason i have this little piece of paper here old school that i keep track um and when i was writing viking seahawks femi viking seahawks mike i don't know i i just automatically thought 31 17 seahawks that's where i am right now that's where i'm at that's where you're at what is the over do we know uh, I believe it's at 56. Yeah. So and I, I a might half, be going 57. a little lower uh than than no. maybe I should for a Sunday night, but I, I, I don't know. So that's that's the first number that jumped out of me. So that's what that's what I'll put down. What do you got? So you have
0: 3117 17 yes. is what you have. Uh I, I have some more I have more okay. points in this one. Um I, I think Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense has really found something with their first round pick wide receiver. Uh, Justin Jefferson Mm out of LSU. He was on that awesome LSU team that we saw last year that just lit the scoreboard on fire in the SEC. And Thielen, looking back to his uh, usual self, uh, the the Vikings have a very talented team. Now, they're down Daniil Hunter still on the defensive line, but you have Yannick Ngakwe, the guy that you wanted in Seattle. Uh, He's with the Vikings. He's making an impact on that defensive line. They're still kind of a desperate team at one and three. So, I think they were going to get their best effort, them being on prime time. They don't want to get embarrassed against a Seahawks team that is capable of embarrassing you if right. you don't come to play. So, with that said, I still like the Seahawks. I don't think they played particularly well last week. I think they know that. They probably looked at the film and said, hey, guys, we got to get this thing cleaned up um, from last week's performance. So, I think we see another primetime performance. Russell Wilson, he's, he's going yep. for this MVP. And we typically don't see him say stuff like that and kind of acknowledge those types of things. But you can just tell that he really, really wants to go for it. And I think he relishes these prime-time nationally Mm -hmm. televised games where everyone can see. All eyeballs will be on CenturyLink Field. And I think we see another four to five touchdown pass performance from Russell Wilson. I think this is a high-scoring game. I think it's Seahawks 38 now, let me go. Seahawks, I'm actually going to go wow. Seahawks 41. I think we get we get the first 40-burger 40 40 burger. of the season. <laughs> we get the first one of the season. Seahawks 41, Vikings 28. <laughs> the, Hawks, the Hawks win. They I'll cover say. the seven-point spread. And the over gets yeah. blown way over. And I think we see points, 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 and more points at Central Link Field. And I think the Hawks fly so into the So a slot Vikings machine climb, game. Now. Just ding, 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 I ding. I think so. Uh, it, the Adams injury, it, it scares me on that back end. He's such a playmaker and not having him. I know the guys that made plays without him, Ryan Neal, two interceptions. After being on the practice squad like 12 days ago, uh, yeah. thats pretty crazy. Shaquille Griffin has got a couple of interceptions, but I think that these receivers against the Vikings, they're definitely a lot better than the guys the Dolphins had last week. And the Dolphins were able to move the ball. They didn't execute in the red zone, but they were able to move the ball. I think the Vikings will be able to kind of punch some of those red zone trips into the end zone. So I think the Vikings can score for a little bit, but I don't think they can keep up for four quarters. I see the Seahawks pulling away late in the fourth and getting a 13 point victory okay. uh, Sunday night.
1: All right. We'll, we'll, we'll watch the points. I, I got a question for you. Do you think the mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans should be treated, should be Jeez. treated like Nashville's MLS team and kick, kick, kicked out of the season, get them, get them out
0: of here. <laughs> Get them all the way out of it's here. It's not working. Am, Sounds not right. I, I don't. I don't get. I don't get fired <laughs> up about much, Mike. You know, no, that. we, we, I, I we try keep not things to pretty fired. even here pretty, in sports
1: office. Yeah,
0: I'm a pretty easygoing guy, you know. But the fact that the Titans reportedly broke protocol after having an outbreak of COVID-19 amongst their team is just dis- it's despicable. It's just having no regard for the rest of the league or the teams you play. And I don't think there's a punishment that the league can make that's strong enough for the way I feel about what the Titans have been doing and, over the last handful of days. It, it's, it's embarrassing and for the Brooklyn, that organization. Mike Brable should be embarrassed. The general manager, right. John Robinson, should be embarrassed. The ownership group should be embarrassed. Like, here we are trying to get a season going during a global pandemic. And after, not before... After your team has an outbreak, you have 15-some-odd players gathering for a workout. When, like, what are you doing? It, it, yeah. It's insane to me. And, and, and the, like, the fact that they're just like, well, I mean, we still need to kind of get work in. Roger Saffield, one of their guards, was saying that on Twitter. I think he might have deleted the tweet, but it was on there long enough for people to screenshot it, saying that, like, I stand by my team. Like, guys still, like, need to get – this is our livelihood – Hey, there's no livelihood if you get an outbreak in the whole league, it's an right. outbreak and there's no games. Like, like we're all having to deal, deal with these protocols. Every team in the league, like the Seahawks said, hey, the team that beats COVID will be the team that's yeah. standing left. Like, that is what needs to happen. Like, you have to take this seriously. We're not done with this. And the fact that they had it and just had no regard for it or anybody else involved, it's mm-hmm. just, it's it's low. It honestly is low. And, I hope they get hit with the hammer from the league because that can't happen. in a Yeah, that, really that's
1: just kind of where, you know, it's things are taken differently in different parts of the country and different in different areas. It's, it's and, selfish. you know, Pete, Pete is like we kind of Pete Carroll's like we have pretty much a mini bubble. They had the they, the kid that snuck the girlfriend in right during training camp in the hotel. And,
0: and he later. was immediately so that, dismissed. That,
1: I mean, the hammer came out. It's <laughs> just it's basically like like Pete. I love how Pete was is approaching it. He's like, this is part of the competition. We're going to win that. And you're right. The team that stays the healthiest and out of the, the trouble when it comes to the whole COVID thing is, is the team that's going to get the furthest. And, and which leads me to my next thought, knowing that we'd be talking about this say is something I, I thought of because, because the NFL doesn't have a bubble. Uh, and, I mean, you're talking about like 100 people per team, right? I mean, essentially staff, support yeah. staff. Yeah. But probably if more than that. Yeah. You're talking about <laughs> the players and who would go. Um it would be interesting to see, you know, where would they do it? I think you're seeing a bubble in Fort Worth. Um, I could see the Cowboys Stadium being a good bubble type of place if they're going to do that for the postseason because then it, it becomes a matter of, okay, you still want to do the bubble. If they, you know if, 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 if we're still managing COVID in January like we are, then you you have your your bubble, but there is no home field advantage for anyone, really. You know, unless the Cowboy and then I'm like, well, if the Cowboys are in it, let's say the Seahawks have to face the Cowboys all of a sudden in the first round or second round. And then do they let Cowboys fans in? But then will they allow like Seahawks fans to fly in if they wanted to? You know what I mean? I I wonder how they would handle that. And this is definitely down the road. But there has been mentioned that when it comes to the postseason, because they want to ensure that they might do a bubble type of atmosphere.
0: Yeah, no, I could see them developing one. I mean, major we just saw it with Major yeah. League Baseball developing a bubble. Um, just kind of let things play out in the regular season. But then by the time the postseason got here, there was a bubble. And it's definitely easier to have that when there's less teams involved. There'll be 14 playoff teams. My guess is that they'd probably do two bubbles. Seven and seven would be something that they probably mm-hmm. look at. But, I mean, the, the Jerry World definitely has the infrastructure. You know, they yep. have the, the facility. And out maybe of Bristol, it's LA Texas. Stadium, right? There, there's a massive thing. Yeah, it could be LA. They have the two. They could play in the Carson City Stadium that the, that the right. Chargers played in last year. And there's the new SoFi Stadium that they're in this year. So they have a couple of viable NFL stadiums that they've used in that LA market. Um, so I, it, it's something that I'm sure that they're kicking around the right. ideas, or at least I hope they are, um, with what's going on right now with the few teams having games moved around and I mean, think about just how crazy this is, Mike. Week five starts tonight with Bucks and Bears. Week five doesn't end until <laughs> next Tuesday night.
1: Right? <laughs> like,
0: what is yeah. I'm seeing the rundown right here. There's a, there's a game tonight. There's seven early games on Sunday, four in the late window slots. And then the Sunday night game. We right. have now two Monday night games with the Broncos and Patriots being moved Monday the night, Tuesday night. And game. now a Tuesday night with the Bills and the Titans. Which means the next Thursday's game, which was supposed to be Bills-Chiefs, has now been moved to Sunday, <laughs> but could be moved back to Thursday if the two Bills-Titans game is not being able to play because of more positives in Tennessee. Like, it, it's, it's, it's like a beautiful mind where right. the numbers are just everywhere and things are moving around. Like, Think, about to me, but. Think
1: about that stat. Think about that Bills stat, having to deal with that. And it's, it's not oh fair to them. So you, you got to get be... ready to play one team on the, the, Tuesday the, and the, the next team Steelers... on
0: Thursday? The, 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 the Steelers were fired up a little bit last week, and I think Mike Tomlin tried to kind of just be calm about it and say, hey, well, figure, like, this is the hand that we're dealt. But the Steelers, I'm sure they didn't want their bye yeah. week to be week four. They're, you know, their bye week wasn't scheduled, was supposed to be scheduled. I think it was week seven or eight that was the original bye week. They had to take a self-imposed bye week because the Titans – couldn't play because they had the outbreak and now here the bills are where it's like they were going to be able to at least face the chiefs it was going to be on a short week sunday to thursday but the teams would have had an equal rest now if they're able to play on tuesday (laughs) they're at a massive rest disadvantage going tuesday to sunday you know like and and the bills what did they they did nothing wrong
1: (laughs) yeah
0: you know all of this is because the titans seemed and I, and I don't like like I don't want to shame teams that end up having covid outbreaks that is out of their control like that might happen depending on where they are but the fact that they disregard the protocol after knowing that they had an outbreak is the part right. that is just indefensible and the fact that now that they're having to have these teams being kind of punished for their own doing it's really unfortunate, and I hope there's something that the league can do. I know, like forfeiting games, what affects both teams because then both sides don't get the game checks. So that's something that I know the Players Association does not want to get involved with. But there has to be some sort of punishment to the Tennessee Titans for what uh, has come up in the last uh, 48 hours or so, because it's yes, yeah, really screwed the whole thing
1: up. It's is it to- totally interesting. I, I don't I have else to say. It's just nuts, you know. <laughs>
0: It really is nuts, so it's unfortunate we have to end on okay. such a fired it. up note. But
1: yeah, go out and run five it's, miles. You know, now,
0: it's, a, it's a little passion coming out.
1: <laughs> Get back for the yeah. Bears and, and Bucks are playing. <laughs> you got you got twenty minutes. Go
0: exactly. Oh <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> um, man, but it's always fun. Make sure to always subscribe, rate, and review to Femi and Ferrari. Get it on whatever uh, podcast streaming service you might listen to: Apple, Google spotify we are on there to be found so please come find us um any last words mike any uh anything you want to get off your chest i know i did a lot of Uh, one last last thing
1: it'll be baseball uh focused um there's uh the, the mariners i think are feeling the effects of some covid stuff they let a lot of great people go uh kind of behind the scenes guys uh one of the guys who was uh Rick Griffin was the longtime trainer for the team. Uh, He was kind of moving into a different phase. Um, One of my good friends I've known since I did minor league baseball, Roger Hanson was a special assistant to the GM. Uh, Just a good dude. He's, he's, he used to be a catching coordinator for a long time. Rob Nodon, one of the longtime trainers, Uh, you know, this is affecting a lot of teams and not having the fans in the seats. They're, they're, they're making cuts and, and different things. So I, I wish, you know, those guys, well, I mean, there's so many people that, you know, support these teams that people don't know about. But another thing kind of totally other different direction, but with baseball is the Astros won today. So they're going to go on to the American league championship series. And I'll tell you the story. So on the air, like, you, you know, me, I'm a big baseball fan and I regard the game highly. I think it, I mean, I think it's, it's kind of like golf, you know, or any sport, you just play it the right way. I mean, just, just be, play the right way. No, exactly. Don't don't cheat. (laughs) And to me, that just does not sit well because I've always talked to kids if they like. I was I always used Jose Altuve as an example. Like the guy's five seven, baseball can. It doesn't matter what size you are, you can play baseball. You just got to commit to it and you know really, you know work on your game. And so when that happened, it's just I'm like, oh god, you know, this is just dreadful. The guy had a freaking buzzer in his shirt. And so when you when you have like Correa and Altuve and George Springer and these guys that were on that cheating team. I still refer to them as the cheating Astros. And that's what they are. I mean, because they're cheaters, they diminish the, the game. And we have a viewer, I guess, <laughs> that has called the station. And he says he wants to come beat me up because I call him the cheating Astros. And he's going to follow, follow, follow me home and hurt me. So, and, and you, and you know, where I, live, Femi, so I, well, I, I welcome them to follow me home because we're going to have a little bit of a ride. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I hope you filled up your tank of gas. <laughs> so as long as the cheating Astros are on that roster, oh, no. they'll be the cheating
0: Astros to me. So, you, you know what? To that viewer, let's we can just put that viewer in the trash yep. can that Altuve oh, nice. and them are banging because that person is to going- <laughs> <laughs> that's what I think about their opinion. <laughs> you <know>?
1: Yep, exactly.
0: <laughs> Man, they can go into that garbage can right where they can bang it all day at Minute Maid Park, wherever they're doing it. God. Well, I, I do. I was wondering, who are you going to root for if, if the Yankees are able oh, to come back and win this? Not the Yankees, I'll tell you that. Yes, series. <laughs> who are you rooting for if it's a, Yanke- if it's a Yankees and Astros series? Are, are you just not going oh, to watch? What's the, what's the decision? Uh, oh,
1: I would root for the Yankees <laughs> over the Astros. And you know that would take a lot for me.
0: Yeah, I, that's why I wanted to ask. I'm like, I know you yeah, really no, don't I like do the not, Yankees, but, I, but...
1: <laughs> I, I, I like the way that the Yankees don't, don't cheat. <laughs> we at least, yeah, I don't know if they have the firepower, though. I mean, they might go down tonight. Um, I, I, I yeah, I like that yeah. Padres, Dodgers thing. are tough, it's a lot um, of talent. I do think Machado's a bit much sometimes, but he's a hell of a third baseman yeah
0: God, how about that bat well, then
1: he, and then he gets mad I dude you gotta you know you gotta realize take a little inventory there i did this it's okay for you to do that right
0: <laughs> exactly it's, no, it's, okay. i know we're i know we're going long here but i'm like i i, I love both <laughs> of those i love the bat throw because it showed so much emotion and then i love the pitcher throwing his mitt and hat and then just blowing – like, I loved all of it. I'm like, yeah. give me more emotion and trash talk. And then the Dodgers guys were telling Machado kindly to get oh, back into hey, the dugout. Max, Max and Muncy and,
1: and the Machado smack was... down the home plate, I would like to see that. I, I, those are two beefy dudes, man. Exactly. I mean,
0: that game had – it had so much juice to it. Yeah. Because, I mean, you get the Bellinger catch out in center. And I was just like, wow. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, in all honesty, right. I was watching on mute. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't even listening to the audio and I could feel the energy of just like, wow. Like these, this is like, you see the play and then you see the celebration. Yeah. Then Machado's angry. And it, it was, it was a lot of fun division rivals in the playoffs. Yeah, and an the stadium like each other. And, uh, yeah, and that's such a bummer because outside of Dodger Stadium, none right. of these stadiums mm-hmm. are really recognizable exactly. on their own. So it's like I'm, yeah. like, I'm like I'm like where yeah, are they? Because the you
1: got Houston, <laughs> you got Arlington, you got Dodger Stadium, and then you got San Diego. But it's weird because the Padres are in it, but <laughs> they're yeah. not playing at home. They're they're in they're in Houston. So yeah,
0: exactly <laughs> yeah, right. The, so you the have AL's the A's in San Diego.
1: They're in they're from <laughs> Oakland, but they're playing in Los Angeles. So it it really it it, it becomes I mean. If I were a teacher, I would I would be giving a geography class. You cover eight different cities uh, as far as teams go and then where they're going and everything else. But, yeah, so it's an exciting time, lots of sports to watch, and hopefully we'll be talking about a 5-0 team next week.
0: Hopefully. All right, well, that does it for another edition of Femi and Ferrari. We will check in with you guys next right week. It will be the bye weeks so Maybe we can do a little uh, first five recap or something of what we've seen so far during the Seahawks always. season. Always but, uh, always Mike, always good chatting with you and uh right on, we'll do it again